Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. If you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, exercise, medications, and surgery. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and And consult consult your doctors. Guys, we all need our vitamins after surgery, regardless of what you think. Yes. It's a must. Yes. So why not choose the easiest and the best tasting in the community? Seriously, it's ProCare, guys. ProCare is so delicious. I use their chewable for over a year. That's how I know. Yes. And I love their capsules. Yes. Love them. They're once a day. I take them at night. Yes. The calcium chews. mm, They have mocktail ones. So go over to ProCareNow.com and use our code OSLP to save some money. Are you feeling lost, alone, maybe a little unsupported in your bariatric journey? Well, if you are, we have a great resource for you. It's called the Tribe Membership, and they have support groups every single day with experts in their field who also had bariatric surgery. Comes with journal prompts, workouts and recipes, you name it. They got it. You'll never feel alone again once you join the tribe. Now go over to thesleepdietitian.com and use code OSLP at checkout. Welcome back, OSLP family. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to our Sleep Life podcast, and this is Kelly. This is Maha. And this is our second recording of the day. So if I'm a little stuttery, just that's why don't look at it just keep moving on <laughs> just keep moving um we want to uh shout out to everybody out there that we have an award show coming up mm-hmm. it is september 30th all of the nominees are have in. Been notified mm-hmm. they're in they're calculated they're notified so if you are listening to this Go check your request folder. Yeah, and TikToks are assholes, so you really have to like. Yeah, go friend us first, and then we can send you a message on yes. some of those. It's really weird. Even Instagram is starting to do this. Oh, please stop! I am telling you what. So, so there is actually somebody out there, R and Y Chris. Yes, I cannot get a hold of him. They will not notify him that I have messaged him. Oh, my God. And I cannot find an email, so I can't even email him. So if you are friends with, with R&Y, R&Y Chris and you <laughs> nominated him, please tell him to get a hold of us. Yeah. Because it's coming down to the point where I'm going to have to move on to the next person if Uh-oh. I can't get a hold of you. Uh-oh, and guys. I don't want to have to do that. But she so will. I will. She I will. will do it. I'm a stickler for this. Anyways, September 30th, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Go to jbyawards.com. I said it right. Yep. Um, to get all of your ticket information, your hotel information. There is stuff all weekend long. There's so much to do. Thursday and Sunday. What's great is that we are going to be doing a interview today. And that person is going to also be at the JBY Awards she as well. Is. So it's pretty fucking cool. So it, and this, yeah. this is all about you guys. So you guys nominated. You guys chose the people. Now you guys are going to get to vote. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get to watch it either live streamed or in person. Yes. We want you in person because there's a lot of engagement that's happening this year. Mm-hmm. Like on the floor engagement might be happening so yes, mel is very excited about this if you I cannot am. tell i mean last year i got to do six wardrobe changes just think of the things that i get to do mm-hmm. this year guys you would think that it was my idea to change that much it was no. not i said three the, the non-girly one was like i want six six and i want two two and i wanted two two <laughs> and i got and it and she got it <laughs> uh and then this year also we are having an after party it is going to be at the theater that the show is at correct we are going to have a dj we are going to have a photo booth we are going to have a dance floor and 
It is catered. It is catered. You will get to eat. You will get to eat this year. Um, So make sure you are getting those tickets because as soon as they are gone, they are gone. There is nothing we can do about it. Um, But for those of you that cannot make it, we do have the live stream option with which is pretty cool. Yeah. And if you guys wanted to get a discount, just become one of our patrons. So it's patreon.com forward slash OSLP. And if you are in the Benchy tier or higher, you will get a discount to the JBY show. Yep. And you also get a free brunch with us on the rooftop of on the Eaton on Sunday. Yep. And if the hotel changes, we'll let you know. But for right now, it's at the Eaton. Yes. And it's going to be freaking amazing. And you don't have to pay for it. We're, we're taking care of that bill because how much you guys support us and we love you. So yes, go become a patron right freaking now. And then of course, go to our website. It's Mm -hmm. rslivelifepodcast.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You're going to get a free ebook and then they get the news blast of all the things that we're doing behind the scenes. Yes. Which is always fun. Everything. Seriously. That way. First crack. And then the last thing, it's a free way to support us. Go on to YouTube right now. Hit the button. It's already on your fucking phone. Ring Type in RSA Live Podcast. Hit subscribe and that little bell so you can see uh, videos like these every Tuesday. Because if you were watching on YouTube, you would see me doing all these hand gestures. <laughs> I feel like Mel is, has like become me. I know. I got it down. You like, were like talking loud and you were like emotional, like in it. hands everywhere. That's right. I'm feeling good. I had my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes, yeah, she did. And I drank some water and we're good to go, man. You know what? I love me some ash. Do we have any of those? What uh, are you hold, doing? Hold that pot. Okay. Kelly just looked over on the left side, which we have a big shelf with a bunch of goodies because like we do uh, reviews on Thursdays on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook no. and YouTube. And I'm guessing you're trying to find a bar, huh? I was trying you're trying to find, to find a, a one protein of the Berry bar. Life protein bars, but no, you took them home. No, I left yours here. Oh, I took them upstairs and put them in the cupboard for once in the in so your I life. So I could use them. You took them upstairs. I did. Berry Life, we do love them. OSLP them. is our code for them. It's we fine. actually have the glow right there because I'm using it now. I'm getting little baby hairs. Yeah, we're like our it's actually hair right going here. in. See, my I think that's why my nails are growing out so fast. Yeah, and they're thick. Like mine are yeah. like. Look at that. I can like. Wow. I, I know they're tough as fuck. Yeah. All right. All right. So. We want to welcome back on a fan favorite, Ashlyn. Seriously. Thank you so much for being on for the third time. time. You yes. definitely are a fan favorite. Yeah, everybody loves you. Yeah. We all Very love exciting. how honest. Happy to be back. Yay. Yeah. And today, are we going to be talking? So we're talking about food compulsive. No. No. What was I saying? The emotional Just- aspect of eating yes and and, com- and uh disordered eating yeah like what it right. is what are the red yeah. flags yeah all the so things we just uh dropped an episode by now it'll be a little uh, about a month ago but we, we talked about triggering sentences yes. and how it looks with like it kind of goes hand in hand with like bariatrics of and then eating disorders because a lot of the same feelings are kind of there yes they so are. can you explain to us what disordered eating looks like? Yeah. So eating is a spectrum like a lot of things. So kind of your average eating. So you eat when you feel hungry, you feel relatively satisfied when you eat, you wait, you do it again. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what we consider average eating or, 
you know, kind of what we're, our goal eating may look like. Mm -hmm. And then the spectrum moving away from that is more disordered eating. So that may be skipping meals that may be eating till overfulness, eating when not hungry, uh, eating for reasons other than, you know, hunger. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when we get even further away from that, we get into eating disorders. And so that is anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating disorder. And then some of the other ones that aren't necessarily in our kind of magic book of disorders is mm-hmm. orthorexia, uh, which can also be the uh, kind of the obsession with eating clean, not eating certain things or eating in a certain way. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of a more extreme version of some of the disordered eating. It's not quite an eating disorder according to our diagnostic criteria, but the interesting thing too with anorexia is someone with obesity by the book cannot have anorexia, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you have to be underweight. So you have to be of an, an, an underweight BMI. So uh, how have, is there a yeah. name for that? No, it's oh. just disordered eating at that point, which is okay. why I want to kind of hone in today mm-hmm. that like the diagnosis in, in and of itself is not as important. So one of the things that people come to me is they say, I, I have anorexia and I went to my doctor and they laughed at me, but I read what it is and I'm really concerned about it, but I'm still technically obese. So they told me I couldn't have it, but I'm pretty sure I do because I'm literally not eating anything. Yeah. And so, yes, you may not be able to be diagnosed with it because our diagnostic criteria are behind on the times. Mm -hmm. It still doesn't mean that you don't deserve treatment or kind and, and caring, um, hair around that. And so it is a, but I think the main thing is that for today in particular is that all of us will have moments of disordered eating. That's a normal part of being human that we will kind of have days like today's a good example for me. I went and visited eight uh, bariatric surgeons locally. So I, once a quarter I go and I meet um, usually like six to eight of the 12 to 15 surgeons we have locally. Mm-hmm. I just check in with them and, and see how things are going. And so I didn't get breakfast. My, um, first meal was really late. My lunch was not the best and kind of rushed and then got mm-hmm. home. I hadn't eaten enough. So like, yes, I didn't plan well enough today. Mm-hmm. So I skipped a meal. And so what we want you to do instead of using shame and guilt, which is usually what kind of spirals us Mm -hmm. away from that average eating is that to just use it as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. I have meal prep stuff in the fridge. I could have heated a a breakfast. I just didn't because I was running behind. I wanted to be on the road by eight o'clock. I was on the road by nine Mm o'clock. So I was, even though I was prepared, I didn't move forward with that preparation. And so I don't need to shame and guilt myself about that. I just need to use that as a learning experience to say, okay, that didn't go well. Yeah. So how can I make it go better next time? And so a lot of the time it's like self-reflection when we have kind of those rough days mm-hmm. that it's not that I failed or I have no control around food or I'm, I'm just horrible and I deserve, you know, uh, pain or I deserve suffering. It's more just like what, what didn't go well there. Mm-hmm. And if we're kind of reflecting back and reflecting back, and there's kind of a pattern that continues that we don't like, and we're, we're not being able to kind of self-process that that's where we want to seek out some additional help, maybe from a therapist, because the underlying feeling that drives a lot of these behaviors is shame. Yeah. And often shame comes from trauma. And so oftentimes the treatment for emotional eating is not 
like getting better control over food, it's actually dealing with trauma and shame, which mm-hmm. is what drives the cycle of the behavior. Okay. okay. And so if, if we can kind of get to some of that, then we're more likely to be able to remove some of that shame because two people can have the same exact day and have very different reactions to it. Yeah. I could go to a party and overeat and just beat myself up for it and be like, you should have known better. You should have done this and you should have done that. Or you could get home from the party and be like, whoo, I ate a lot and I wonder why. Well, I didn't eat anything all day. And then I went to the party and I ate too much. Okay. So like next time when I have a party, like I know I need to try to eat before I go or have some snacks in my bag mm-hmm. that maybe are more more useful for me in these situations, mm-hmm. or I'm going to pick protein. I'm going to like not go into it hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we use it as a learning versus beating myself up. Cause if I beat myself up and then I do it again, I'm just going to be just- like, well, I'm just stupid. Yep. Yeah. And I you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah, and I have exactly. two things um, I want to touch on. One is about the reflection. So yeah. with the reflection, I think people think that you have to be like in your room, looking out a window that's oh, yeah. raining down and everything. And then I can just the reflect book. on everything. No, you can do it like while you're laying down, you can do it in the car. You can do it literally anywhere you're at. You can reflect. So no, it does yeah. not need to be like a place because I feel like yeah. when people put that on themselves, they never do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they and keep you don't saying have to write it down. I no. hate journaling. that triggers me. Like, like that is a punishment. You got to sit down. Cause I grew up where you had to write it like 500 times. You oh. did something. Oh, so like, okay. I hate reflecting through writing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm someone who like, I have to reflect by just thinking. Yeah. Okay. And, like as I'm driving home, how'd that go? Did it go well? Did it not go well? Laying in bed, as I'm like, oh, I'm going to wake up with heartburn. Okay, so physical sensation, what's that helping me know? Okay, over it today. Yeah. Potentially wake up with heartburn. So exactly. what do I want to do about that besides beat myself up? Because it's too late to change what I've done. How Correct. do I want to do it? Well, yeah, and you want to be able to solve it. Like, I think a lot of us, like we get into the cycle and we're never solving anything. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why am I beating myself up and calling myself names? Because normally I I get I I call myself names. That's what I do. And um, so it's like, why am I even doing that? Like just solve the problem. Move on. Just do that. I go to the I'm not enough. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah. talk about that one. I feel, yeah. Yeah. I feel for you on that one because you are fucking there. enough. So even you, he's it's like, it, it's, it gets me all angst. Yeah. It's that, <laughs> it's that trauma response mm-hmm. type of thing for me. Like I'm, I won't be enough. Yeah. Type of thing. That's why I have to kind of write it down so I can physically see the, like it, it was a choice. It wasn't a reflection of who I am. Right. Because right. I tend to go to, it's a reflection of who I am. Because I can't stop myself from eating. Right. So I'm this horrible person that's not enough. And this is my punishment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and usually thing. like, and I deserve pain. Yes. So yeah. I deserve to feel suffering. I deserve mm-hmm. to be overfull. I deserve to feel like shit because I am shit. Mm-hmm. And if I could just control myself like a normal person, then blah, 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 blah. Yep. And I deserve mm-hmm. to gain, gain this weight because I did A, B, and C. I think I've actually looked at you once and been like, why are you punishing yourself? Yeah, I'm sure you did. I think I did. Yeah. Because I'm like, why am I watching you just be mean to yourself? Because that's how I. Well, we all do it. Like, I do it, too. I just do it in privacy. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. And I I would overeat. I would purposefully eat a sugar free pudding because it would make me deathly ill. I can't deal with that um, fake sugar. Okay. That stuff. It literally makes me like knife knife pain but it would always make me stop and so I like thought about that and I was like what on god's like that yeah. that's not good but no. in my head I'm like well that will make you stop yeah and you that's put what a barrier you so in. it's like mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So like, that's not a good way of doing it. Like causing yourself physical pain to make yourself stop is reinforcing Mm -hmm. that idea of, I don't have control. Mm -hmm. I'm unworthy of the chocolate cake or eating, Mm -hmm. eating what I want. And the interesting thing is sometimes too, what I remind clients is eating may be the best option you got in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Like that is a very, that is like mind blowing to some people. They're like, what? I could just eat the cake. I'm like, yeah, that's your best option in the moment. Like mm-hmm. eat it and be done. And, and, but don't let it then cycle into, I'm a horrible person. I don't mm-hmm. deserve blah, blah, blah. Just be like, I want a cake. I ate it at the end. Yeah. Like yeah, there can be the, the end to it. There can be the yeah. end. Yeah. The end. Like mm-hmm. I really wanted a piece of whatever I had it. Mm-hmm. I feel satisfied. Cause sometimes what happens too, is if you don't get what you're kind of craving, mm-hmm. then you'll kind of go in and I'm certainly, you know, you go and you're like, well, I'll have some apple and some cheese. Yeah. Some popcorn. I'll have a couple of M&Ms. And then it's like, well, I should have just had the ice cake. cream cone. Yeah. yeah. I should have just had it. Yeah. It would have been yeah. so Instead much better. Beating myself up to say, you don't deserve the cake. You mm-hmm. only deserve the apple or you only deserve. Um, now on the flip side of that, like, yeah, you probably should try to eat things that are filling and mm-hmm. um, that feel satisfying and mm-hmm. are nutritionally dense. But like, sometimes we want the cake and that's okay too. We found a company that was founded by a bariatric surgeon for his patients. He is just trying to make their lives easier. And so they have created a whole array of snacks and dinners and just all the foods you could possibly want that have protein in them and are delicious. Yeah. And they're so freaking good that we took them on tour with us because we tried them on a live. So you guys can always go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. And we liked every single bar. So we were shocked. We don't want you guys to miss out. So go over to berrylife.com, use OSLP and get your discount. While we were in Florida, we got to visit one of our favorite bariatric surgeons, Dr. Donald Fridley at Surgical Associates of Bayonet Point. They tailor make all their plans to the unique needs of each patient. They have this cool thing there. It's an in-body scanner and you get to do it pre-op and post-op. So that way you can see all the differences and all the changes that happen. And he's also one of the surgeons that does his surgery with robotics. And we got to play with that. We did. So we were so so excited and we want you to have such a special care that they give. So go over to sabpweightloss.com right now or give their office a call at 727-819-9107. That's right. So and tell them that the OSLP girls sent you and they're going to take great care of you. Yeah, it is okay. Yeah, it's okay. And the second thing is, and I know that we're late doing this, but um, those that don't know who Ashlyn is, can you maybe explain oh. your background, what you are, <laughs> what you do? Um, for yes. those that have probably we're just have so guessed, used to you being on, we're just like everybody knows you. Yeah. So like, tell them <laughs> your a little bit about yourself because yeah, you are so- a badass woman, and you've you've done a lot of things. You have. So my name is Ashley Douglas Barnes. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Florida. So I'm a therapist down in Florida. I am 11 years out and about a week from gastric bypass surgery. So I had bariatric surgery myself. Woo-hoo. And then a couple years after that, I got into actually being a bariatric therapist. And since that, I have created a course for uh, therapists to learn how to work with bariatric therapists, specifically with pre-surgical evaluations, mm-hmm. uh, as well as kind of spreading the good word about bariatrics uh, in a counseling setting. So I have a private practice where I have some other bariatric therapists who also work with me. Uh, and we are, you know, getting the word out to work with clients. I work almost primarily with um, bariatric clients in my private practice. 
And they are like the best clients to work with because they're kind of me. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of funny. I, people always say in therapy, you end up working with people that are a reflection of yourself. I was like, I don't think I've got to work with a whole bunch of people that are a reflection of myself. Oh, you like, like legit did. Like yeah, legit. Did. Uh, like, even in the other, other things that I work with, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's kind of me too. Uh, <laughs> but so I work with clients that are in all, all areas preparing for bariatric surgery, already had bariatric surgery, regain revision, uh, pregnancy after bariatric surgery, um, infertility after continued infertility post bariatric. Cause I have another yeah. certificate that's, um, surrounding uh, perinatal and uh, infertility. That would be tough. That would be tough. That'd be so tough. Yeah. There's so many clients that have the surgery because they've been told that either they'll be eligible for IVF because their BMI was an exclusion for IVF oh. or that it'll miraculously fix their infertility, which mm -hmm. it doesn't always, sometimes mm -hmm. it does. Um, but right. often if mm. we can't explain it, then we don't really know the cause and your weight might not have been the cause. And so mm -hmm. just a lot of disappointment. Now, lots of people get pregnant after surgery who yeah. didn't mean to get pregnant. Yep. Uh, yep. So I also work with that unintended pregnancy really early on post. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'd be pissed. We need more of you. <laughs> we need you cloned for every state. Yeah, I know. And that. So by the time this drops, hopefully we will be like super up and running. So two weeks ago, at the time of this recording, we uh, launched findabariatrictherapist.com, which Yay! I am so excited about because as much fun as I have on these, I had a lot of people reaching out to me mm -hmm. and I had to say, I'm really sorry. I'd love to work with you, but um, I'm only licensed in the state of Florida. So mm -hmm, yeah. we have a directory. It is free to clients. So if you are looking for a therapist, you can go to findabariatrictherapist.com. Go to the bottom of the page. You'll see all the therapists. If you hurt, hit the search button, you can search by license, state that they're licensed in, by insurance that they accept, mm -hmm. by the problem which you are having, um, if you want your partner to be involved, so you want couples therapy. So you can punch all the buttons. You can actually say if you would like a therapist who's specifically stated that they themselves have had bariatric surgery. So Ooh, you wow. can search by, yeah, I thought that was, I wasn't going to put that. And then I started kind of surveying people about like, what would you want to yeah. search by? Like, well, I would want to know that the therapist had bariatric surgery. Yeah. So we added that. So right now we have just a few, we're building, we're ramping it up. I'll be at ASMBS at the end of yeah. uh, June this month as well, where I get to hang out with you. Finally. That's right. We're going. I'm excited. So, excited. so excited. And yeah. hopefully I'll find some more bariatric surgeons or uh, therapists. If you are a therapist who works with bariatric patients and you would like to be listed, I have a coupon code, which we'll put in there, which is a founding mm -hmm. member. It's $50 a year for the first five years guaranteed. Wow. Um, so you have have a reduced rate um, for being a founding member. Um, so it's just a yearly, um, we try to keep it really low, just covering kind of my costs of keeping the website, the SEO work yeah. uh, and networking. But I will, can can we announce that that I will be some, okay. So I will be some form of sponsor. We haven't, I, I think we're going to do what we talked about, but I will yeah. be, <laughs> I'll be there and I'll be a sponsor Yay. at the just be you awards, which I am so excited for. I literally bought like a thousand dollars worth of stickers. Uh, like no joke, like a thousand dollars worth of stickers. Where are you ordering <laughs> stickers from, girl? Um, Etsy, all no. sorts of fun. Oh, so yeah. like all of the like fun mental health stickers with yes. our with our find a bariatric therapist. So 
um, come find me, find a sticker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super fun stickers. Uh, so we will, we will be kind of like, our goal is to be like fully, fully stocked and ready to go uh, with therapists by uh, September when, when we are a sponsor. Yes. Um, but oh, yes, if perfect. you're a therapist, come on down. If you're looking for a therapist, we already have several. And a lot of therapists, unlike myself, are uh, multi-state uh, license. Yes. So they license in more than one state. Unfortunately, I'm so busy with Florida. It would be hard for me to open up yeah. to another state, but other therapists um, do. And certain licenses can have um, something called the psych pack where they're allowed to work in like over 20 states. Uh, we are working on that. Um, counselors are actually working on that as well, but we haven't really buttoned that up yet. It's probably going to be another couple of years, uh, but with telehealth, we're working on it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that is all about me and I love to come on here and talk about all things mental health because there's so many facets Mm. of mental health and bariatrics and just a lot of like false narratives out Mm -hmm. there about like I think one of my biggest things that drives me nuts is obesity is not an eating disorder so a lot of times clients doctors the general public will identify obesity as an eating disorder wow obesity is not an eating disorder it's a disease it's a disease. It's a mm-hmm. multifaceted disease, mm-hmm. which calorie intake is a very small portion of. Mm-hmm. It can be a portion of it, but for the majority of people, there's metabolic diseases, particularly insulin resistance, which drives even cravings and wanting food. So yeah. if you have insulin resistance, if your pancreas is not working well, you are going to crave foods. And oftentimes by correcting that underlying condition, the cravings go away. It is not a willpower issue. It is your ins- your pancreas screaming at you that you need to eat. And that's why you can't ignore it. Oh, um, and the other facet see? of that is diet culture. So, yeah. right. So people come to me and they're like, I have binge eating disorder. I said, oh, wow. Tell me about it. And they tell me about it. And they say, well, I come home, I do really good. And I come home and I eat too much. I'm like, well, tell me about the rest of your day. And they're like, well, I do really good. And I'm like, okay, what'd you eat? And they like three things. And I'm like, well, of course you came home and ate a bunch. You're hungry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you restrict your eating and then you tend to eat more in the evening afternoon, that is not an eating disorder. That is the world telling you, you need to look perfect in front of people, especially mm-hmm. when eating or in a larger body, that mm-hmm. it is your job to be the poster child of health in front of everybody. Wow. And so you come home and you're by yourself and it's like, okay, I don't have to be the poster child for health anymore. Now I can eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's kind of that. Um, so underlying, like I'm not good enough is I have to be perfect. So particularly in front of people, I need to be perfect and I need to only eat healthy things so that they can't come back and say, well, you're fat because you eat too much or yep. you eat bad things. Um, Kelly, is your mind so, blowing right now? I maybe. can see it. I can see maybe. it over there. <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing. Bit. I mean, people, people come to me and um, and I think sometimes it's really hard because you can read the diagnostic criteria, particularly for binge eating. Mm -hmm. And you could talk yourself into the fact that you have that. But clinically speaking, that's a very, very small uh, portion of the population. Um, And what it looks like when it's really ramped up and really needs like more intensive care is Mm -hmm. not what people think it looks like. And so it's more compulsory. So I think that a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, I definitely have this. And I'm like, yeah, no, it sounds like you've got kind of the normal pressures around food. And we've just got to kind of work with that. And we probably need to bring in like a medical side to see how your pancreas is doing with insulin. So it's like a super multifaceted Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. disease, just like many diseases, like diabetes, high blood pressure. It's not just lifestyle. It has to do with, you know, genetics, Mm -hmm. how your body processes things. 
um, your environment. So what you, how you grew up, did you grow up celebrating with food? Like you can still celebrate with food, but we just may need it to look a little different. It's not that you are never gonna, yeah. you know, I love when people come in with the further eval and they're like, I'm never going to eat carbs again. And I'm like, Ooh, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Um, Fuck that. I'm never that was me. Bread again. That one over I was there. Like, You're never going to eat bread again. How are you going to mm. have a sandwich? Or they're like, I'm never, I'm never going to have cake again. I'm like, well, your wedding's going to suck. Yeah. Like, tell me more about that. You know, like, oh, no, of course you're going to eat cake. Like, oh. I want you to eat cake, but you may need to eat cake on a full stomach. You may need to have like a full meal. Mm-hmm. You may want to have a couple bites of cake and then throw the rest out so you don't mindlessly eat it and then mm-hmm. get sick of your wedding. That would suck. Yep. Yeah. Um, but like to think that you would have to be punished for the rest, that you would sacrifice that for the rest of your life because you are so out of control that you now need surgery. This is like the thing that people tell themselves. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You're not so out of control. You need surgery. Your body doesn't work as well as it could. And we're going to help it to work better so that you don't have to think about this all the time. And you could think about everything else in your life. And boy, wouldn't that be awesome if your life didn't revolve around dieting and food and, you know, what you're going to eat. Self-shaming. Yeah. I mean, I said that um, when I started Manjaro, Mm -hmm. I said my brain feels more clear because it released all of those food thoughts that I was constantly having and the constant cycle of I want sugar. Okay. I ate the sugar. Okay. Now I'm a bad person. I deserve to, to be punished for Mm -hmm. eating the sugar. And then it goes in the, you know, it just keeps going in that cycle. And when I stopped it, it was like, Oh, I have more room in my brain for all of the other shit that I need to be doing on a daily basis. Okay. Maybe I'm not a bad person. Just, you know, it it starts that thinking process. But yeah, I mean, I was right there with your clients of saying, I'm never eating carbs again. I'm never eating cake again. And then when those cravings started coming, I was like, oh, this is my, this is my fault. I did something wrong. You know, all of those things start cropping up into your brain. Yeah. 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 And sometimes too, it might just be the surgery type too. Like we didn't increase or we didn't uh, impact the pancreas enough. So we may need to choose another surgery. And it doesn't mean that that surgery failed you. Mm. It just means that we needed a different intervention. So if you need a revision, that doesn't mean you failed. Mm -hmm. It means that we might've picked not the best intervention. It's kind of like when we start with metformin for diabetics Mm -hmm. and sometimes metformin doesn't work and we have to add you know, Genuvi, we have to add another, we have to add an injectable or we mm-hmm. have to add more medication or we have to add insulin. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't say like the metformin failed you. It was just, it wasn't the the intervention you needed in that moment. Yeah. And so sometimes we need a different intervention or, you know, something else we need to add a GLP-1 like the Wagovi or Manjora. And that's okay too. That's not failure post-surgery either. Mm-hmm. It just needs, again, we just needed another intervention, which is why I love that we're, we're stopping this idea that surgery is the last resort. You have to prove that you've done everything in your power and you have to be next to deathly ill in order to get Mm -hmm. surgery. That really was the case 10 years ago. Yeah. It really was the case even seven, eight years ago. Uh, We've really shifted away from that as Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a first line, but it certainly doesn't have to be the last. It can be somewhere in the middle and mm-hmm. that's okay. And there may be another intervention years ahead and that's okay too, because our lives change. Yeah. How we function in the world change. Our food changes, you know, mm-hmm. like how we like get food may change over time. Like we may decide that certain things we're not going to do anymore. Or we're going to make different, like 
I have no idea how to tell the future in that. Yeah. And so we can't say this is the last and final mm-hmm. intervention, you know, so I, I will be curious to ASMBS. We're really going to have this year, we're going to be talking a lot about GLP-1 and, mm-hmm. and all that and those new meds and kind of integrating that. The mm-hmm. Really, the idea is like, we're, we're going to do it all still. Yeah. So this and this and this, and how Mm -hmm. do we make it more obtainable? And um, I'll be curious. I love going to the the uh, conferences and see kind of what's up and coming. Mm -hmm. um, You know, different types of surgery and that kind of thing. So if you're going to be at ASMBS and you see me, come on, come on down and find me. Uh, I promise I am friendly. Yes, she uh, is. And I would love to talk to you. So if you are there, particularly if you're a professional too, that would Mm -hmm. like to you know connect with other bariatric professionals, there's not a ton of us probably Mm -hmm. as a a population. Mm -hmm. Um, So connect with me, come find me. I have a big purple button that says, ask me about, uh, find a bariatric therapist.com. Oh, I love um, it. Gosh, no love shame it. in my game. I have no. like an embroidered shirt. I have a big button. Like lots of stickers. I love it. I, love I have, it. oh, where am I professional? I have uh, less fun uh, professional stickers that I got. Oh, um, look at that. Yeah, more fun unprofessional stickers will be coming too. Uh, coming too. The Just Be You Awards. Yes. Awesome. So my question is, so we talked a little bit about binge, what like some people think they have been binging disorder. Mm -hmm. So what does a binging disorder look like? Like, what is it really? Because I I feel like I use the term that I felt like I binged. I don't think Mm -hmm. I have a binging disorder, but I've definitely have binged, I feel like. So super good to start by identifying the fact that you can binge. Yeah, or yeah. eat too much or overeat mm-hmm. and not have binge eating disorder. So, so according to our diagnostic and statistical manual, which we call the DSM, which is what we use to diagnose, binge eating disorder is recurrent episodes of binging, makes sense, which is eating in discrete period of time, usually within two hours, a larger amount than average, and having a sense of lack of control over eating during that episode, and three or more of the following. Eating much more rapidly than normal, eating until feeling uncomfortably full, eating large amounts of food when not physically hungry, eating alone because of feeling of embarrassment by how much one is eating, feeling disgusted with oneself, depressed, or very guilty afterwards, and that it needs to happen at least once a week for three months. So some people may be surprised the amount of time you need to have in order to be diagnosed, and always, as always with diagnosing distress regarding with oneself depressed or feeling very guilty afterwards. So again, that marked distress. Um, but in this case, um, that's the clinical, uh, the idea behind the clinical um, diagnosis. So okay. the problem with it, which has always been a problem is it's very subjective versus mm-hmm. anorexia and erosa where it's really specific. You have to be um, underweight by a certain percentage in a BMI um, you have to be heavily restricting. It's it's easier for us to figure out like restricting versus mm-hmm. eating too much. Yeah. Um, because what one person may consume as too much is different to another person. Yeah. If on average you eat a lot and that's always what you eat, then that's not binging because yeah. you have to eat more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard in that way to define. And I was a little surprised what we ended up with because it goes through like all these committees and we have all these meetings and we try to figure out like what it is. And they gave us a pretty vague, uh, which is understandable because it's very hard to define because it's very different person to person. Mm -hmm. I think they were trying to get it away from the, um, substance abuse definition. Okay. Um, 
food addiction in and of itself is a very controversial idea. Um, the literature does not support the average bariatric patient has a food addiction, uh, much to many providers' uh, belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that is not what we see in the research. So we do not see this kind of cross addiction where uh, we take the ability away for for you to eat and you replace it with um, like a food addiction down the road, uh, okay. which is kind of what. Well, okay. I kind of feel like I would say that I had a food addiction before surgery. Before. Yeah, because we we we've self-identified as we did. No doctor has diagnosed us. No, it is we not self, there's, there's, there's no diagnosis. Yeah, so, so there is no diagnosis. Yeah. For and you know what? Yeah, Everybody's so. identifying themselves as whatever the fuck they want. So I'm gonna identify myself as a food addict prior to surgery because I felt like I was. Because with the criteria, we went over it with Dr. Shapiro. Um, a couple, at the years, ret- ago. A couple of years ago, the retreat, mm-hmm. and we went over like what a actual addiction looks like. And Correct. I'm, so we and use we, the substance abuse model. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. you use a substance abuse model with food. I match every fucking one. Yeah. And so I was no, like, the, yeah, I have to. Like, this is my vice. So this is my tough, thing. The tough part with that is one, it's subjective. So two, mm-hmm. if your pancreas is screaming at you to eat, yeah, you're going to think about food all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't survive without food and you can't survive without cocaine. Yes. So it's, it's, a, hard, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing for us to try to kind of, I think, the word that I find or the kind of definition I find is prior to surgery, a lot of us end up being obsessed, but it's not because there's, we were in a, in an addiction phase. It was because that was what was going to save us. If we thought about food all the time and we dieted and we tried to figure out that's what was supposedly going to save us. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I dieted enough, if I thought about it enough, mm-hmm. but then I'd fail and then it's that shame cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I fucked up. I I'm a failure. Like this didn't work anyways. So mm-hmm. like whatever, so, I'm going to go eat whatever I want. What about the people that like, I will say for me, like I didn't really diet much. I didn't yo-yo. I didn't even call myself like, I wasn't really mean to myself back then. I'm actually more mean to myself now than I was back then. Because oh. I'm more aware now. Yeah. That's probably the deal. Yeah. But I would eat when I'm upset. I would eat when I am angry. I would hide okay. food. I would I would do addict behaviors. Like, I wouldn't even be around people when I ate because I didn't want them to know. So, like, I... To I, me, that's more societal than potentially you. Okay. Because if no one had an opinion about you eating in front of them, you would have ate in front of them. Oh, fair. Right. So a lot of that, again, that's that that piece that's really hard for us to pull apart, right? Okay. So if we didn't have messaging around you don't deserve to eat what you want, are you that person's thin? So they get to have what they want. They get to go in the bakery and have the cupcake, but you don't then some of those behaviors probably wouldn't be there. And and that's part of that secrecy. So yeah, some people yeah. are like, well, yeah, people use cocaine in secret as well. I'm like, yeah, because it's illegal. Yeah. That, that, that's why people tend to use <laughs> cocaine in secret because it's illegal. Yeah. Uh, you know, food food is not. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the hardest part with compul- compulsory or like whatever the issue with food is that mm-hmm. we can't not eat. Yeah. yeah. So and, you can't use yeah. sobriety as a model for how to help people. And the thing is, is that we don't need to because we mm-hmm. actually need to work on what's causing those beliefs, which is usually shame. Mm-hmm. And we need to figure out if the messaging that we received, particularly as children, 
is correct. So if you came from a family where you got a lot of messaging around what you were or were not allowed to eat, or you you had to exercise, but everyone could do whatever they wanted, or you couldn't have as much food, but everybody else could have as much food. There was something inherently wrong with you because you were in a larger body, then that's what's fueling that behavior. Yeah. Not necessarily an addiction. And so it's hard because mm-hmm emotional eating is not an eating disorder. We all emotionally, it's just people with smaller bodies don't identify it as a problem because it doesn't cause a problem. And it doesn't show for those who are listening only uh, because it, yeah, it doesn't show or it doesn't cause, you know, uh, visual Mm -hmm. uh, problems or people couldn't identify that. And so I think that that's some of the messaging because I think when you label it that, there it puts more shame on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't feel particularly great uh, when I label it food addiction. I think it makes it harder for people to work on that. And we still want those clients to have surgery mm, because yeah. their pancreas might be what's causing the the compulsory food thoughts. And if we can fix the insulin, then we potentially can help them fix those thoughts. Mm. Um, but it's very hard to pull that apart from all the other factors. And that's why, you know, I, I caution people. So sometimes people will come in and tell me they're food addicts and I'll kind of ask them more about it. Um, and it sounds more just like emotional eating. And so what do we do with emotional eating? So a lot of people come in, they're like, I need to deal with this. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yeah, big so deal. first thing we got to do <laughs> is figure out the why. What did you actually need in that moment? So what I tell people is I want you to go home for a week and continue doing what you're doing and check in with yourself about it. Okay. When you're going to eat, you're going to open up the fridge. So we find ourselves in front of the fridge. I still want you to do the behavior, whatever you were going to do. But I want you to check in with yourself to like, what did you need in that moment? Were you lonely? Were you tired? Were you stressed? Is that just the the behavior that you normally do before you do something else? Mm-hmm. So like, I know for me, when I sit down to do administrative work, I have to have a snack. I do too. It's just in my mind. Yes, I, I have, have to go have Paperwork or computer work. I got to have a snack yeah. with me. Do you know what I think the connection might be from that? When we got home from school Uh, and we had to do our homework, we had a snack. snack. It's true. Uh, I would always have a a little snack when I did my homework. It's also an avoidance tactic. I don't want to sit down and do administrative. So I'll get up and have a snack. So we just check in with ourselves. Okay. I was lonely. I was angry. I got in a fight. Not like a fight. fight. My husband and I were talking about something like very uh, lively. Okay. And I found when I opened the refrigerator, I I literally didn't want to say anything more to him. And I went and opened up the fridge kind of angrily and looked in and grabbed something. And I was like, well, hey there. That's an interesting, that's an interesting moment. And I still had the thing. I think I grabbed cheese stick. I still had whatever I went for, even though I wasn't particularly hungry. I actually needed a break. Mm. I needed a break from that conversation. If Mm. something's in my mouth, I can't talk to them. And so I had to reflect back to say, like, oh. That was interesting. Like what I really needed to say is I need a break from this conversation because it's aggravating me or annoying me. I, I, I do that it. all the time. Oh, yeah. I say it. I say I'm aggravated and I need a break. No, I do the eating tactic or yeah. um, I'll smoke a joint or I'll smoke in my bong. Right. Like, because guess what? Why they're talking. I'm like, because what were we told as kids? If your mouth is full, well, you shouldn't be talking. Yes. And again, that wasn't a shame or, a, you know, maybe it was because you're probably being scolded. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's an automatic, your brain is like, you need a break. Yeah. 
I literally thought you were going to say the whole line of uh, kids should be seen, not heard. So I was like, oh. So that one actually comes up sometimes when you eat in secret. So Mm. eating in secret, very multifaceted, usually had to do with you weren't allowed to have enough food. And so you were meeting a basic need of needing more food. Mm. And so you weren't supposed to have it or you were restricted on the type of food. Mm. Um, So um, like you weren't allowed to have sweets. And so you get a little bit of babysitting money and then you'd be like, oh, I only have $10, but then you go spend, you know, like you get 15 and you'd spend five of it on snacks and you'd hide them in your room. So no one would find them. But again, you're meeting a basic need. Like I deserve to have a little bit of pleasure in food, just like my brothers and sisters or everybody else does. Yeah. Um, but I'm not allowed to, so I'm gonna kind of make that happen. Also, I find particularly uh when I work with kind of people who struggle with perfectionism, they eat in secret because they need to look perfect on the outside that they've got it all together, particularly post-op. So in front of coworkers, in front of friends, everyone gave them a really hard time about having the surgery. And now you're going to eat junk. Yeah. Like I thought you had this surgery, so you weren't going to eat that Snickers. So they go home and eat the Snickers. So no one knows. And then they feel like, uh, I've, actually, I've actually been at um like a potluck, right? Potluck style for work. Um, where like, I want, like I had headed towards some food, like to put on the plate, but then like, I stopped myself. Cause I was like, fuck, they're all going to be like, can you eat that? Is that too 100%. much food? Like the comment, remember I used to talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. I was fucking got so tired of the comments mm-hmm. about my food and why I have to do the things that I do. So I just, would yeah. s- just try to act as normal this as possible. Is, this is something about Mel. That's very interesting though, that I'm, I'm listening to this. Yeah. Like Mel doesn't want questions. Mm -mm. She does not want people to question what she's doing or why she's doing it. It's true. That might be if you grew up in a house and I'm not going to say you did, you grew up in a house where you were either questioned and the answers that you gave didn't matter anyways. It was just a waste of your time because they were looking for an answer they weren't going to find or nobody asked you anyway. So like it's not, or your like household was a closed one where other people's your house is your own business and no one else should know about your business. Well, that's, that's three out of three. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. So in mm-hmm. our house, mm-hmm. curiosity was actually a positive thing. We were supposed to ask about the news. We were supposed to ask about each other's day. And mm-hmm. so when people ask me questions, I find that super fascinating. And mm-hmm. I and I want to go back and forth. So that's, again, like some of the messaging we got kids is good. Uh, but. I didn't grow up in a close, so we call that in therapy, a closed system house Okay, uh, mm-hmm. where no one is allowed to know anything about what's going on in your house. Oftentimes there's um, uh, secrets or bad stuff going on in your house, mm-hmm. which is part of why you're not supposed to have anything go out. So therapy, we say secret secrets make us sick. So yeah. yeah so it's literally anyone... whatever what happens in this house stays in this house. Yeah. It's no, one, not, no one gets to know what happens behind the scenes unless mm-hmm. you want them to know. And so their opinion didn't matter. Oh, yeah. Like if I asked anything, it was a more it was so annoying. It was annoyance to them if I asked stuff. If I like begged the question. So I'm starting to realize more about Melanie. Mm -hmm. Mm. I mean, you watched it. Uh, That's the thing. thing. You got to watch it go down. I watched all of the family dynamics within Mm. her house. You you guys knew each other as kids? Like we met at 13. 13. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. You guys have known each other like. 23 years 23 years yep whoa that's so cool yeah yeah so yeah i watched that's why i say like well that's three out of three because i was present for a lot of that yeah like kel was there for a lot of things Mm -hmm. like she me and her both watched my dad have a heart attack Mm -hmm. in the house i was staying the night i was there um the stroke when the stroke happened Mm -hmm. so like 
she was there for some crazy shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my mom thinking I was going to hit her, but I don't, I was like, I'm not hitting you. Well, I, I'm just in yelling. Her defense, I thought you were going to like, WWE I would never style. hit my mom. No. Like you were taking your sweater off. No, I, I was literally I was walking forward taking my sweater off. But I I knew in my head I'm like I'll never fucking hit my mom. So. I was sitting on the chair and I was like oh shit oh shit this is happening. You're like no. I was just not. I had to take this. That's what exactly I said. What was happening? Yeah, because yeah, but- I was angry. I was getting sweaty because I know what I was raised is like you do not fuck with your elders. That's a hard yeah. line. So, like, I wasn't going to touch her at all. I was just get taken off. My sweater was too hot, and I'm going to keep arguing. And you were yelling, and she was yelling, and I was just like, oh, this is happening <laughs> right crazy. now, and I'm sitting in yeah, this chair, I, and I'm going to be invisible. I definitely lived in dysfunction. Dysfunction, can, yeah. dysfunction, yeah. It, it would make sense if you lived in dysfunction, you would have some disorder eating patterns that would pop yeah. up. And and the interesting thing is sometimes when you grew up with with no dysfunction, you also have some interesting patterns because you may have had a family that um used food as a means to deal with the fact that they couldn't go on vacation or they couldn't do fun things or um created patterns around food. Um, mom checks out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for dinner. So you went out every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday, every mm-hmm. Sunday. You could have whatever you wanted when you went out. And so you didn't really uh, have a good grasp on health or like what things nutritionally mm-hmm. have because it was like, I'm not going to fight you. You can have, you know, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe there's there's some of that too, where I, I have a lot of clients who, no, I have some clients who come in, they really don't understand nutrition. And I think it's it's interesting for me because I was like, beaten over the head with that kind yeah. of growing up and, and most of my life. So it's kind of interesting that some of my clients have not had kind of long-term dieting mm-hmm. um, history. And so they really don't know um, why they get hungry. Like that, um, um, I don't want to use empty carbs. Simple carbs tend to cause more hungry if you eat them by themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have fiber, they don't have fat, and they don't have protein in them. Yep. And so if you're going to eat one of those, totally go for it but couple it with something that breaks down a little slower in your stomach. So that way it keeps you fuller a little longer. Mm -hmm. It's not because simple carbs are bad. It's just that they may not keep you as full and as long. Mm -hmm. So some of those in that, some of that information might not have trickled down. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it might be that um, you hated going to something uh, tutoring. Let's say you didn't know how to read. And so your mom had to take you to remedial reading like three times a week. And afterwards, every single time, you got ice cream. Yep. So your brain connects. If I do stuff I don't want to do, I could get rewarded with ice cream. And so it kind of makes those connections. And that's not because mm-hmm. mom was bad or that was a bad thing. It was just she felt terrible that she had to take you to remedial mm-hmm. reading three times a week. And so she <laughs> wanted to give you like a thank you for not giving me a hard time for doing this. Yeah. So let's go ice cream or let's do something that's nice. Mm-hmm. And and that's OK, by the way, if you're a parent who like takes their kid for ice cream, like that's good. Uh, it's just like some of those patterns we might have created. And so now the the question that we can have to ourselves is now that I consciously know that, do I want to continue it? Sometimes the answer is going to be yes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do a bunch of stuff you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you get ice cream. Yep. That's OK. Um, that that really is OK. Now, should we go get like two scoops of ice cream every single solitary day because it's the summer? So I had a client that that was kind of their pattern. Uh, in the oh. summer, every day they go and get ice cream. Okay. Um, they had, they knew what the flavors were, and it was this whole thing. And it was like, yay! It's the summer, so we get to have our ice cream. Uh, and that's a lot of a that's lot of calories. Lot. That's a ice lot. Cream. Yeah, you can continue every day to have the ice cream, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit at home, 
at night. Uh, it's funny. Mm. I've been doing these little reels. I'm trying to kind of figure out the algorithm. I'm not very successful. In that. <laughs> I like one blow up and I'm like, I don't know why that one did much better than all the rest. I, I cannot knows. learn it. Nobody to knows. Save my, I'm like, it's the same hashtags. Anyway, yeah. so I've been doing these fun little ones where I just show everything I eat in a day. Yes. Like, yeah. And so that's been fun. And so it's kind of funny. People are like, do you eat a little ice cream cone every day? And I'm like, man, I have some kind of dessert every day. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, have you tried these little ice cream cones? They're delicious. Yeah. And they're like 120 calories. They're like the little tiny ones. Yeah. I'm like, they maybe have 18 carbs in that if you're that's super fine. worried about carbs, which I am not. So I'm like, yeah, I just had a full dinner full of yummy protein and now I'm going to have my little ice cream. So that's okay. But it's a conscious decision that I'm making. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. I'm not eating it to the point where I'm physically ill and using it as punishment because mm -hmm. that's you know problematic. I am enjoying it. I'm not eating it because I have to, or it's because um, like I am creating a habit around it. It's just like at the end of the day, a nice, a nice little ice cream cone is good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't have them because I'm full and that's great. Sometimes I do. That's okay. So I'm, I'm disconnecting some of that emotional beating myself okay. for surrounding food. How because do you disconnect that? Great consciously question. Making, good question. So consciously challenging yourself when you have the thought. Okay. So it want, so kind of going back to like step one is observation. Like what did I actually need in the moment? And step mm -hmm. two is like trying to figure out if you can actually give yourself that in the moment. And the answer may be no. Okay. So if it's loneliness, reach out to a friend, uh, connect on social media with someone like pull up a live stream or something like interact with people, okay. go on, you know, a Patreon where you're with a group of people, log on to your, you know, support Facebook group, you know, make a connection with a human, go talk to your neighbor. My neighbor was out the other day. I'm just chatting with him. I was like, Oh, that's like a, I felt kind of good to connect with a human. I hate knowing like, my neighbors. I hate it. I hate it so much. She's such I've a had weird stuff goofball. happen where my neighbors helped me in some way. Like um, I had had this like weird roommate situation where they lit my house on fire and my neighbor actually <laughs> kind of came over with like, they walked over casually to my neighbor and asked if he had a fire extinguisher. Thank God he was home. And he's like, is the house on fire? Um, and they were like, yes. Yeah. So that I escalated knew. very quickly. Yeah. I just yeah, had no, to say, like, I, I was not expecting a like, house so on fire. Thank God. I, thinking, I knew like, my sugar. neighbor who was amazing and like saved the day. And uh, yeah, so now I always feel like that's a safety thing. I, I always want to know my neighbor and make sure. I mean, I know I forgot her name, but her daughter parked in my spot. And that's like the ultimate sin in my book. Like, don't fuck in somebody. Fucking park in ultimate, somebody's spot. Yes. The ultimate sin, yes. Kelly. Do not park in my motherfucking spot. So I pay for that ridiculous. spot. Is, is it really hard to park where you live? Yes. Okay. It is. Everybody gets one spot. One spot. That's true. That's they only it. get one spot. And How I pay for that spot. Park. Don't you have like a bunch of people to live with you? No, I'm the one that have a bunch of people. Okay, I was going to say, don't you? Yeah, no, I have no. one spot. I have a one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. Nope. No, she has no one living with her. I got seven. Okay, good. Just me. Yeah, so I was going to say, what do you Or I have <laughs> six. I'm the seventh. And yes. we just had Maya's graduation, so there was two more here. So I did have a total of nine people, one bathroom going down. Oh, my gosh. Which is why I rented my own apartment instead of living here. Yes. Yeah. I was like, nope. you know, yeah. I think that was the universe being like, you need your own place, bitch. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I like she found me it for three days. And, yeah. It was, no one yeah. bathroom. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Not. Or if you notice like 
getting back to your, your own apartment. Like if you get home at the end of the day and being by yourself is what's triggering it. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's the time to like find something social, like going to the gym, going to a class, like finding a community to be part of doing something after work. So you're not coming home to your big empty apartment Mm. that the only thing comforting feels like the refrigerator. I'm actually Uh, very comforted being alone in that apartment. That's good. That's good. Like that is not a thing. It's, um, but for those that it is, that's a trick. Yes. I feel like sometimes it's, um, I don't know when I have access to the food, that's when it starts clicking. So like if I go to Zach's house and stay the night, I know he's going to have all of the bad, all food, the goodies, all of the bad food mm-hmm. because they're in their family. They don't like, they don't have an issue with like self-control when it comes to those foods. Like they can sit out all like a box of crumble cookies can sit on their table for weeks, for weeks. If I had a box of crumble cookies in my house, gone, gone in a day. Yeah. Like before I'm a cookie monster. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think part of that is like allowing yourself some access to it. mm -hmm. So like making up your little, I remember um, like, especially with like Halloween candy, I'll like separate some of stuff and that'll be like my stash. Yeah. And then I'll go to my stash and have a, like a couple pieces. So I feel satisfied. And then also eat some protein to make sure that I'm full, because if I'm not really feeling that satisfaction, I'm not like meeting that I'm going to mm-hmm. eat more and more to try to find the satisfaction. Oh, yeah. in that. Okay. So you're, you're self-aware and disciplined. Yeah. I just well, keep. It, honestly, I, it's not even necessarily disciplined because at a certain point it's got to go. Yeah. So there are certain foods that I choose not to keep in my house and that's okay. And there yeah. are things that I notice tend to kind of um, trigger more. My blood sugar is actually what I've kind of figured out. Cheap Chinese food. Hmm. Fucking love cheap Chinese food. Yeah. Uh, kind of that idea that you'll be hungry in an hour. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. true. And it'll kind of set me off for like a day if I'm not like, I don't really want to have it for lunch. Cause then it'll kind of set me off for the rest of the day. Yeah. Kind of like, ping-ponging with high blood sugar Mm um i mean we used to every thursday when we lived we lived um in jacksonville we would go to this one panda express like every it was again routine right yeah and they kind of knew what we wanted and and after my surgery we didn't go for a while because i had surgery and and so it was like many many months later we went um, and shout out to Panda Express because they have those little tiny bowls. They do. Oh, they I don't like, yeah, I don't don't like, like Panda. Very, so, yeah. I love Panda Express. Mm-hmm. Cheap Chinese food. Sign me up. It, it, it um, gets stuck every time. You're not chewing it enough. So <laughs> I will say I have had that I happen. Know. I don't know. Certain, certain ones. I have to get the noodles. I can't get the rice. Uh, so we walk oh. in and they were like, where have you guys been? Oh, they missed you. Like, they knew. Oh no! I was, and we get back in the hot car. I look my husband. I said, "We can never come back." He's like, "What? Why?" I was like, "They know they us. They recognized us." Yeah. He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's like the neighborhood diner where you go a couple times a week and every." He's like, "That's fine." I was like, "No," and they even remembered our order, which I was like, "That's crazy," because we always got the same. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah, they but, loved you know, having you because they knew it was a the the, the right order. There's your right. solid Thursday, people. They made sure it's hot and ready because yeah. they do it. Exactly. Yeah, there was a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. The there was a Chinese restaurant by a, an old house of mine and we would go at least once a week and get Chinese food from there. They knew our faces, they knew who we were by what we ordered mm-hmm. on the phone. Like if we came in, they knew exactly what booth we'd like to sit in. Like it was yeah, 
it was down to a T. And then we stopped going for a while because of I had surgery. And then we went back out and they were like, oh, where have you been? Like, it was like this thing. So, like, I totally (laughs) relate to that. But I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoy being, like, not recognized, but, like, catered to. Yeah. Um, It's more of, like, being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Someone acknowledged your your, your you being there and that you may have some needs and they can meet them. And that's. Yeah. Yeah. And it is funny because I. I really kind of subscribe to like nothing is off limits. So like I will always find something I can eat anywhere. Yeah. Um, sometimes a little tricky, like hibachi sometimes is a little tricky because there's just so much stuff. Uh, yes. I am, I am, I am always someone, I, I have had many bills where people have taken things off bills because they didn't think I liked it. That my husband started explaining it from the get go. She's not going to eat a lot and it's okay. Don't take it off the bill. We'd like to pay for it. Uh, she's wow. not very active. Have you, do you know what that is? Let me tell you what that is. I'm like, honey, it's That's cute. She's a tiny it. stomach. She can't eat that much. Yeah. Uh, but it would, um, because one, I I didn't want to kind of overeat. So a lot of times at restaurants, because I will get kind of like not feel mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what it's like to be at the Disney France restaurant and feel like I'm about to puke. Um, it is terrible. And I also mm-hmm. have a very, I can't hear people throw up it makes me throw up so oh. I don't like being in bathrooms where I'm like dry heaving because I don't want to make anyone else sick my husband thinks this is the weird he's like so you don't want to dry heave not because you don't want to dry heave it's because you don't want other people to hear you drive because that might make, make them. them miserable and I was like exactly yeah and he's like okay so I'm a little more aware especially the first couple of years like eating very very small amounts and then going home and eating a little more and again, like my brain was like, well, you shouldn't have another dinner and, da, da, you know, because yeah. we weren't supposed to have seconds. Again, like historical messaging, yep. um, you know, seconds means, you know, you're eating too much or mm-hmm. you shouldn't have that much. I actually um, had that thought last night. Uh, Zach grilled up some uh, carne asada from Costco, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite one. Yep. And uh, he grilled it up and because I was w- stuck to my computer all night. And so he was nice enough to like cook it. And then he like he even cut it up melted cheese over the top of it and put sour cream in a bowl for me and brought it to me. I was like, oh, you are a sweet little man. If that's not love, I don't know. What I know. Yeah. But after I was done, I had this thought of like, I'm still kind of hungry. I should go get enough. Like I should go get some more of the meat. And then I was like, no, you don't need more like the And it, I just listened to the second voice mm. instead of like, maybe I'm still hungry. Yeah. And that's the reason why I want more because mm-hmm. I, I do have better control over my habits now, but mm-hmm. I went you right halted. back to it. You I did went, the halt. Yeah. yeah. I went right and back to it. Sometimes it's interesting too, where I, I, I'll ask clients like, whose voice is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's so-and-so. I'm like, do we want to still listen to them? Were they yeah. really someone we wanted to listen to to begin with? Uh-huh. Because it's like that, that like voice, sometimes it is our own. It, it, hopefully always sounds like us, but, uh, where it came from, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's more where, where I'm asking, but it is interesting because we just get a lot of like this subconscious messaging about all sorts of things, Mm -hmm. but particularly around food, there's just a lot of subconscious, like you've had enough, Mm -hmm. you don't need any more. You're not really hungry. So we're actually sending messages of like, you can't even understand your own body to know when it's hungry or not. So you're like, Oh shit. Like I, 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 I can't even, um, trust how I feel. And for a lot of people too, there's a a physical part of them. Like for me, I really had a hard time 
feeling fullness until I was way too full. Yes. And so mm-hmm. that's probably more of a, a chemical or a hormonal level of the stomach muscle oh. um, where it uh, relaxes too much okay. and then it'll kind of uh, seize up. And, and I can't remember what that's called, but essentially bariatric surgery kind of corrects that. Oh, uh, Okay. But it's it's kind of a a disconnection of fullness until it's way too late. Yeah, um, I think I like, I would agree with that. I would say all of it. I feel like a lot of us. That's what we did. We would just eat until it hurt. Well, and or then if almost it hurt, hurt, you had a good meal. Yeah, that's actually how we would deter if you had a good meal. Like, yeah, man, so full. It hurts, but it feels so good. Yeah. Well, like, it like we joke about you know Thanksgiving fullness. Like yep. you know, things, you're like, oh my goodness. And it's funny, one time I was trying to explain to a family member about like why I need to get, oh, I had a family member that kind of uh, had kind of given me a hard time for like getting up from the table before everyone was done. So usually what Mm. I would do, especially right after surgery is I'd kind of get up and clean because Mm. I needed to keep moving. And I was like, they're like, well, I just don't understand. I said, you know, Thanksgiving, when you're like so full, you just can't sit there anymore or look at anything. I'm like, that's how I feel every time I eat sometimes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh. Yeah, I said, so that's why I said, it's not disrespectful. I'm not trying to be disrespectful Mm -hmm. to you or anybody else. Like, I just can't look at the food anymore because I am, I'm done Um, and I need to get up and away from it. Um, And so that was kind of an adjustment period, but I also had to think, cause, cause I was like, oh my gosh, am I being rude? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, be rude, but I can literally can't sit here. Would you classify yourself as more of a people pleaser oh hell yes okay you don't become a social worker without having just a little bit of people pleasing uh, yeah because i was like as you're talking i'm like i feel oh, no, 100%. like 100 okay. she won't 100%. puke in a bathroom just so <laughs> someone else I, that's what i was thinking get sick that's i mean yeah, that's oh, amazing 100%. Yeah. people pleasing has always been um you know because believe it's interesting this is gonna sound like a weird core belief the kind of the core belief, I'm not enough. I have a core belief. I'm not worthy of being on this earth. And that's a very Mm. weird core belief Mm -hmm. about like worthiness. So it's, it's surrounding a core belief about proving yourself through either production by how good you can take care of people. How, so you could prove to everyone I'm worthy of being on this Mm -hmm. earth. I have reason to be here. Um, so I'll show you, I'm the best friend you've ever had. So I'm worthy of being your friend. I'm the best daughter you've ever had. So, so I'm worthy of being your daughter. I'm the best, um, wife you've ever had. So don't leave me. Um, so kind of, a, an idea. And that's a really weird one. Cause sometimes there are people like, so, so you think like you should die. And it's like, no, 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 no. no. It's not like worthy being a, yeah. on a surf like that. It's about production usually. Yeah. So if I produce enough, if I, if like I lied about my age at 12 so I could get a job because I wanted to make money and be able to do the things I wanted to do. And so I, I looked like I was 20 when I was like You're 12. Like hustling at 12. Oh yeah. No, I worked at the grocery store. So I got a, <gasps> I got a, a job. So I told him I was 14 cause that was the legal age. None of us had driver's licenses anyways. I looked like I was 20. So nobody questioned it. Nobody wow. asked me for a birth certificate. So I just told him I was 14. It was great. And I started working. Um, I babies I like I've been working since 12. I love to work. Um, but okay. part of that can be kind of that production, like how much can you prove uh that you're kind of worthy? So I have to put that in check sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely gotten much better with that, especially around friendships. Like I will go above and be I would be the best fucking friend you've mm. ever had. 
Yeah. Uh, so that way you'll never not want to be my friend. So that's an answer to loneliness, right? Uh, so if I'm the best friend, then I won't be lonely. If mm. I prove to you that I, I am worthy of being your friend, you won't go away. Mm. Uh, and so that kind of comes up. But again, it's just like everything we talked about, self-awareness. Like, mm. am I doing this to people please? Or is what's the benefit to me? Usually there's a second secondary gain. So secondary gain is something that isn't the primary motivation of doing something. It's kind of a secondary Um, So you can have secondary gain around being sick, actually. Um, So if I'm sick, then people don't think I can do anything for them. So Mm. they won't ask me to do anything for them Uh, because they believe I'm sick. So there's a secondary gain to not get better. Um, uh, So this is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. If you think I can do anything for you, you will ask me and then I can feel awesome because I helped or fixed you. Okay. Um, Okay. The problem with that is that it's super unstable, right? So Mm -hmm. if we get how we are about ourselves from other people's feedback, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to get. I could do something really awesome for you and you could say, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. I could do something really awesome and you say, well, of course you would have, you know, I'm your friend. You're like, oh, fuck, I didn't do enough. Uh, So it's an unstable Mm -hmm. sense of of who you are because you're Mm -hmm. only looking for external um, validation. And And so if I know that I'm enough and someone tells me I suck, that I'm kind of able to better like, well, rec- okay. like be introspective to be like, maybe that person's having something going on over there mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with me. Uh, maybe that person just loves taking advantage of uh, how awesome I am. And they mm-hmm. figured out this pattern that if they tell me I suck, I'll do even more for them. So maybe I should end that pattern uh, and, and distance myself. And maybe I don't need to cut them off, but maybe I need to create distance or maybe I need to not answer or say no, or I'll have okay. to think about that. It's kind of a good when you're trying to I'll have to get back with you. Uh-huh. Um, what about, so, can you give validation through food? Well, I think that the validation just comes from the positive feeling about it. So okay. food does set off a lovely little set mm-hmm. of uh, hormones in your brain, um, particularly if they're connected that way growing up. So mm. if um, you ate and felt comfort or you ate to celebrate or you, particularly if you ate a certain thing, um, mm. kind of we say what, but um, oh, what's the saying we say? What, um, ah, I can't I think know. of the word. It's like what shoots together stays together, but that's not the okay. word we okay. use. So essentially if you connect two things and your brain kind of shoots the dopamine out mm-hmm. at the second at the same time, we kind of connect those things. Um, So if you kind of think of cake is a great example. Yeah. I was just going to say that. We eat cake when we celebrate our birthdays, we eat cake at graduation, we eat Mm -hmm. cake at uh, people moving on from work, retirement. retirement. Yeah. Yeah. So in general, cake Mm -hmm. equals good stuff happening. Sometimes funerals, but, but other than that, like, Mm -hmm. yay, cake. Cake Who says a cake at a funeral? Aren't you supposed to have cake at funeral? I don't know. We've always had cakes at funeral. Yeah. I've it never might not have there. anything like written on it. Kind of, like, I don't think it's a, it's sorry, not a cake Bob, that someone writes I... on. I think it's more just like a, someone brings a fancy cake. So, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah. like birthday like, style, like the writing, like, writing on it. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, okay. no, no, nobody's okay. writing like, thank God grandma okay. died. So yeah. uh, PS, no, we, do, we do have to wrap up. Oh, as soon okay, as possible. Yes. I'm, sorry. I'm so I sorry. Can, Time I'm is running. definitely someone who could talk for a billion years. Yeah. So, yes. What is what is our next thing going to be? <laughs> I know. Well, can you do a rundown real quick of anorexia, bulimia? Like, what are the signs? Mm-hmm. Um, and binging disorders. What What yeah, are the signs? So- 
So anorexia is defined as the restriction of energy intake, which usually that means restriction in calories, leading to a significantly low body weight mm-hmm. in the context of what you should weigh. So in the context of your own age, mm-hmm. sex, developmental, and physical health, and that there's intense fear of gaining mm-hmm. weight or becoming fat or a persistent behavior that interferes with weight gain, even though you're at a significantly low okay. weight and a disturbance in which okay. one's body weight or shape is experienced. So essentially you feel that you're in a larger body mm-hmm. than you are. And again, as always, mark distress of that. So it's taking up your thoughts, how you think about yourself. Got it. And then bulimia is like we talked about before with the recurrent episodes of binge eating. But in addition to that, recurrent inappropriate compensatory behaviors that prevent weight gain, such as vomiting, misuse of laxative, diuretic, Mm. fasting, or excess exercise. Okay. Uh, Is that because they see the weight loss after using it? Or sometimes just the the visual of the stuff leaving Uh, their body and it kind of feels like a clean, like you actually get kind of a little bit of an endorphin high from like the idea of feeling clean. It's a very different looking, um, but I do want to include that in bulimia. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not, sometimes people say, well, I'm not throwing up, but I'm finding other means uh, Mm -hmm. to purge. So, um, and kind of, again, going back and forth, utilizing Mm -hmm. a lot of thought space surrounding um, hiding the Mm -hmm. binging or hiding, um, not eating, And again, a lot of thought, you know, a lot of thought and time. Um, Binge eating, like we talked about, again, really taking over your life Mm -hmm. um, multiple times a week um, over a longer period of time, a lot of time spent, a lot of energy spent consuming Mm -hmm. a large amount of food, uh, feeling negatively about it after the fact, negatively impacting your life. And the most important thing of all of this, you do not need a diagnosable diag- you don't need a diagnosis in order to seek treatment. If you yes. do not meet clinical criteria for any of these, it does not matter. You don't need to in order to get help. Do not wait until it becomes a laxative addiction. Do not wait until it becomes clinical obesity or clinical uh and uh Bulimia, sorry. Bulimia, there we go. Bulimia until you come to see us. We Mm -hmm. want to see it subclinical. We want to, so subclinical just means before it meets criteria. So you don't need to wait until it becomes clinically significant or an eating disorder Mm -hmm. like bulimia. We want you to get help now, regardless of if it meets clinical significance or not. Feeling really positively about something that you know is potentially causing problems because that can lead to uh, severe medical uh, issues surrounding your colon, your small mm-hmm. intestine. Usually if I have someone come in with, with that, I've got a couple with a GI, uh, cause we've got to get you in to make sure you don't have any bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that, that can be very serious. So I'm um, similar, uh, bulimia, same thing. You can rupture, you can cause, uh, issues in your throat. We need to eat issues with your teeth from vomiting. Um, and obviously same with anorexia. Isn't there so- a link for esophagus, um, cancer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I want to touch on real quick before we let you go. Um, the restricting of certain foods after you have surgery. Okay. And this so is heading, beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of heading into what we consider orthorexia, which again, mm-hmm. orthorexia is not an actual diagnosis and has many different um, ideas. Some people think of it more for exercise. Uh, so that can be like, you can only clean eat. You can only, um, I had, I knew someone that would bring a scale with them to like weigh out the, like wouldn't get a smoothie because she couldn't weigh out how many of the blueberries there were, how many of the strawberries Mm. there were. So again, 
a lot of think time is spent on organizing, doing, Mm -hmm. figuring out, um, not engaging in social activities that involve food. And again, most of the time I'm seeing this subclinical. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to social events because they don't want people to ask about their their weight loss. They're bringing their own food that they weighed out um, because they want to know the exact calorie count. Their watch has to, if their watch dies and doesn't tell them how many calories they burned, it's absolutely catastrophic because uh, they don't know what their mm-hmm. their deficit is for calories. Okay. Again, if it is taking over your life so you cannot function, you cannot function at work, you can't function in social situations, we don't want you to live a life like that. We mm-hmm. want you to seek out help. It doesn't have to be that way. That is not the sign of a successful bariatric patient that you um, weigh every morsel of your food. Yeah. Uh, we want mm-hmm. you to live your life around food without having to think about it. Yeah, that's the whole point of having bariatric surgery. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to think about food the way that we did pre-surgery. And so that would be kind of my takeaway is please seek out help if you need it. Seek mm-hmm. it out before it becomes like all encompassing in your life. It's mm-hmm. much easier for us to help you yes. if we can get it subclinical versus when it gets into the more severe. But even if it's more severe, come in and see us. Nobody's yes. a lost cause. It I definitely have, people <laughs> who have called or emailed and said, I'm too far gone. Yeah, no, um, there is no. And it's like, nobody no. is too far gone. Nope. Um, you may need a higher level of care than me, but like, come on down, let's figure that out. Because yeah. guess what? I already know the programs locally that are bariatric friendly that have, you know, we have one that has a binge eating disorder clinic that's specific wow. for that. You're not going to be mixed in with someone who's struggling with anorexia. Um, you're going to have your own group. Yeah. And so I already know that. And yes, so, yeah. you know, seek that out, get help, do not mm-hmm. suffer alone. Um, but also know that, a little bit of emotional eating is probably normal mm-hmm. and it's okay. Have awareness of it, make it a conscious versus an unconscious decision mm-hmm. and keep it moving. Food is food is food. There's no good. There's no bad. We're just eating. We're yes. Just, just eat. Perfect way to end it. Yes. Thank you so much for being on Ashlyn again, because it's, I'm just so excited. For I know. This one. I could have so many with you. Yes, we probably <laughs> will. We will. We We're going to just have Ashlyn on her own little sub series. Yes, exactly. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. We love you guys and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey listeners. If you enjoyed your time with us, please rate review and subscribe on any platform you get your podcasts and And don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP for all your support needs. That's right. And we even have our own website. So go over to arslevipodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, get that free ebook, and then don't forget to get your merch. And also we're on YouTube, guys. So type in our name, hit that bell and hit subscribe, and you're going to see our lovely faces every single Tuesday. So thank you for listening to Arsleeve Life Podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time.